Phil and Dave King Cod. How are you? How are we, guys? You alright, boys? All good, all good as usual. Well, we might not be, but we're just saying we're all good. That's the standard. Good day, I'm all right. Bad day, I'm all right. There you go. That's what we do. But I'm all right, I'd say. I'm all right, yeah, I'm fine. Well, I am actually all right. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got new puppets the weekend, you know. Got a new pizza oven for the garden. <gasps> That's a thing that at the moment, isn't it? Everybody wants pizza ovens these days. What happens to just going to Domino's or Pizza Express? No, pizza it's oven. rubbish, isn't it? You pay about 15 quid for... <laughs> Phil, yeah, but... Go on. I hear an insult coming on. I agree with you on the do- the Domino's revenue model, uh, the way that they bill, or uh, you know, is outrageous because it you've got to get into the offers. You know, you've got to look at the offers. Fifteen quid, say fifteen quid for a pizza, or if you do it this way, it's half the price. Or if you do it this way, it's, it's this. But then, even when they promote what you think is a reduced rate, if you dig deep enough, there's always something cheaper. And ultimately, it basically means get off your ass and go and pick it up because it's a fraction of the price. The money they make is the fact that you, people can't be asked getting up off their ass and going and getting it. So you pay three times the yeah. price to get it to your door, which I get if you've had a few Scoobies and you don't want to move. I get that. But if you can be asked, you'll, you'll save yourself a load of money. There you go. This episode is sponsored by Domino's. <laughs> and, and, and Dave's saving tips. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm Dave Lewis, and it's not Martin Lewis. Do you know what I mean? The inflation on pizza. Dave's saving tips. That's what it is. You can have that for free, boys. I love it. Dave's saving tips. So, Phil, how much did your barbecue pizza oven cost? It's not about the cost, <laughs> is it? <laughs> It's about the quality. And even though it's not plugged into the internet, it will still kill his Wi-Fi. <laughs> There's always something in Bill's house that kills the Wi-Fi. Yeah. You'd be videoing it, live streaming it to uh, to Facebook Live. Um, this is how I burn a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first efforts were a bit um, disastrous, I think, would, would be the, the actual term. Learning curve. I, 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 it's a learning curve, yeah. But, um, do you feel more connected to your food now? You know, when you, you think, I actually made this from... You, you do make it from scratch. You don't actually get it from Domino's yeah. and just put it in the oven for a minute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, warm it that's why he's burning it. It's already cooked. microwave ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I always... I tend to make most of the meals in our house. So I love cooking. It's like properly where I switch off from stuff and just get into stuff, get into a bit of a flow state. So I've been doing pizzas since... Lockdown, really, getting into sort of everyone else was making banana bread and I was perfecting the pizza dough. Oh, Phil cooks everything because he tells us that his other half can't cook, but we'll never let her know. We'll never let her know that that's the case. Have I ever said that? Have I ever? You've said that so many. No, you haven't. No, you've never said that. Strung up. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be in the pizza oven. I'll be strung up. (laughs) You won't be in the doghouse. You'll be in the oven. Yeah. But I tell you, it's a game changer. It's brilliant. And whether we've had recently, out in the garden, getting a, getting a nice pizza on the go, yeah, can't go wrong. It's, it's, us- it's mayo, usable it? for five days a year, but for those five days a year, it's never off. <laughs> it's just constantly <laughs> It's on. amazing, isn't it? Exactly. Well, it's like apparently there are, there are more people with convertible cars in this country than any other part of Europe, and we've got like the <laughs> wettest weather. Yeah, it's bizarre. For, like, for two or three days a year, the, the hod's coming down. 
check this. Is, is it because we're just so desperate to make the most yeah. of these? We, we, you know, that's you know, the the very idea of being able to take the top down is like well, even closer to the warm weather. And they're all driven by middle-aged blokes like us. Like us. I haven't got a topless car. Our target audience. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is sponsored <laughs> by BMW Convertibles. So you're touching on something here, though, Dave and Phil, which I think is really important. You know, we're talking about actually creating, making food and actually yeah. creating it yourself, being in the moment, being in flow. It isn't just about eating the food, though, is it? It's like spending no, that time eating not. it with somebody else and actually appreciating. Love it. Yes. You know, this, this, yeah. this started up as... Double O flour, is it? Flour, yeah. And then, yeah, and then yeah, I, yeah, I put my yeah. I put my active yeast in it, and you and you bore your yeah. family with it. But you sit there for that moment and go, "This is a moment. It is just yeah. a moment to say." But it's not. I've ordered it on my app, and some guys turned up in a Toyota Starlet and delivered it. This has actually been made by my own hand. And if it's nice yeah. or otherwise, we we share a moment together. Yeah, and it's that feeling of just providing those, especially like these days when. You know, it's too easy to get a blinking Uber or not an Uber, well, an Uber Uber Eats or a, a delivery or, you know, or get a ready meal from the supermarket or just do stuff for convenience. And I think we're all programmed for convenience. It drives me mad. You know, you end up having, buying stuff that's got all sorts of crap in it that, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not like new age kind of thing. I just like the idea of making me own food from scratch when I've got the time. So I know what me and my family are eating is good stuff you know I, I, and, and, and i just i just don't think i don't know I, I i don't think we take enough time to think about how and what we how we provide for our families and, and in, in things in ways like that my dad my dad when my dad started cooking my mum always used to cook right and my mum because we were fussy eaters, me and my brother, you know, it was proper beans and chips and, you know, yes. and, and that sort of, you know, the freezer, the, the age-old freezer slice of pizza, which was like some sort of big, thick wadge of dough and skanky cheese. on. So that would be our teas because we were fussy eaters. So and then my dad starts cooking, but he just put garlic in everything. He'd have put garlic in the baked beans, you know, and it was just like, oh, horrible, you know what I mean? And just, but that was like the, I mean, dad cooks all the time now. No, no, we're not there to enjoy it. But my dad never used to cook for us. Yeah, my dad Other than, either. you know, later on with his garlic sort of thing. It's funny, isn't it? He just, phew, it's a generational thing, I suppose. Maybe it is. My dad was, I guess, was working, but he would walk through the door and his tea would be on the table. He could literally take his jacket off, walk in, the chair, sit down, bosh, you know? And and depending what he was working, you know, if he was on shifts or something like that, but normally he'd get home for about 4.30 and that was when he ate. Now, I reckon we eat about 9 o'clock on average. Myself and Sue. Yeah, know, likewise, Sue exactly the same. It's pushed out five hours. That's like nearly a quarter of a day, isn't it? You know, if my dad eats, uh, if my dad, if we come round by accident at like four o'clock on on the weekend because we've been busy, like he's practically shoving us out the door by twenty five past because he can't not have his tea at half yeah, four. Routine. routine, and it's just, and it's the same, you know. 
So I reckon we talk a little bit more about that. Something we've we've spoke about in the past. Some of the taboo subjects which come on talking card, and this is the feedback we've been getting, isn't it? It's been about you know we'll talk about some of the things that people don't talk openly about, particularly guys of a of a similar age. We don't talk openly about, it. and you've touched on something then, which is parenting. You know, relationships, particularly with our fathers, and you know how does that work now with our relationships with our children? One of the things which comes up. For me, particularly when I've been speaking with friends from, say, Andy's Man Club or coaching or whatever, is what we really worry about, guys of our age often, is like, what kind of a parent am I? Oh, yeah, bloody hell. Is, is that something you guys think about? Oh, all the time. Like, all the time. You know, I really fucked up the other night. So back onto the pizza oven. So when it arrived... On Wednesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, something like that. I'd done the, the whole thing. I'd make the pizza dough during the day, get everything ready, and we're going to have a nice sort of fresh pizza, you know, on 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 the on the pizza oven. And for whatever reason, the the, the end of the tail end of my day didn't work. wise stuff I was doing just didn't nothing messed up, but it, the end of my day just. You know, didn't go right. And they came down, as I do, I get these little fixations. And then it's good that I know, I recognize these things, but, you know, I do. So I come down and stuff, you know, there's stuff in the sink that, would, you know, had been there since the morning. And, and there's, you know, and there's just bits and bobs and, and just everything started really annoying me. And, and I get in these stupid spirals. I don't do it very often these days. But I can't stop myself. So what should have been, then I'm starting to <laughs> roll out the, the pizza dough and, I, you know, end up with massive holes in it and then try and rejig it. And it just, and I just got myself more and more annoyed. And I got to the point where I just exploded and um, just awful, you know, not at anyone with myself, but the way I did, I, you know, I was shouting. And um, my wife went out with the little and just go around the block while I sort of decompress myself, which all of this I feel absolutely mortified with myself about. And as I started to sort of bring myself out of it, I just, I was thinking, what, what have I done? You know, what, what have I done here? I don't want to leave an indelible mark on my daughter's like memory of me just exploding for nothing. Unfortunately, we resolved it. And when I came back, I was, you know, I was you know, I, I completely, you know, uh, full of remorse and things were all right. But I just don't want to be that kind of dad. I don't want, I don't want to be that kind of husband, you know, and I'm not normally, but just something just all sort of it all kind of converged and and, and kind of i just like i say exploded mm. how often do you do that very infrequently very infrequently i used it used to be more when i was really stressed but still not never really in front of daisy you know that, i think that was the thing it was like just it's bad enough if, if it explode anyway but yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've, yeah, like I say, very infrequent now, really infrequent. But 
having that, you know, because I remember being a kid and you just remember the things like the, the occasional argument becomes a big thing. And yet, you know, your parents have an argument, you hear them like from your bedroom or whatever, it just becomes quite a big, gets fixed in your, in your head. So, yeah, that, that's the low point being like that. Yeah, I get that. I've done I've done similar things. We had a it's, it's probably about ten years ago. You know, pancake day. Yeah, Pan, you know, it's just I've I've got to make the best pancakes in the world. Every YouTube channel about making pancakes. I go buy a book about it. I buy the best ingredients. I had a hard day at work. Get everybody sitting around the table. This is an experience you are going to enjoy, whether you enjoy it or not. Yeah. Sit there. You're going to enjoy these the most amazing pancakes you've ever had. The first one was a complete disaster second one didn't go any better and then smoke's all over the kitchen the smoke alarm's going off and like my door's oh where's my dog will somebody just clear the kitchen oh can you just move that why have those pots been there all day you know i'm trying to cook for you all before you know it i'm completely losing my shit and i threw the door you know sorry the, the batter mix which had like been part cooked and i threw it i was pretending in my head i was pretending to you know kind of be dramatic but it actually came out of the pan and landed on the sink and it splattered all over the sink. And Nick is like, I need to take the kids out of the room here because it's, it, I'm like, no, I was only joking. Guys, I'm only joking, I'm only joking, I'm only joking. And it was just really uncomfortable. I'm like, honestly, I'm not losing my shit here, but I was inside. And I'm, and I'm judging myself about it, thinking, why, why am I doing this? As you were saying, Phil. I hope I'm not scarring my children now just because I've kicked off for once in my life. Well, not once in my life, but you know what I mean? But you overthink it, and then the guilt comes in. So, oh, no, not only am I just not, not the best chef in the world, I'm actually a terrible dad now because I kicked off because <laughs> it all went wrong one, one day. But we overthink these things, don't we? And, I, and I'm just wondering, particularly, you know, Dave, you know, you've been quiet now for the last 10 minutes, which is remarkable. I was wondering if your internet had dropped out then for a second. I'm still here, mate. I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, are, what are your thoughts on the impact you have on your children does it bother you do you think about it uh, well we are quite I'd say that we're a very close family especially compared to the way that the fam, my family was as in my mum, my dad and my brother and sister so we were there and everyone was together but the family wasn't super close, as in literally like, you know, my mum and dad weren't big huggers or anything like that. You know, far from it. They were quite, you know, quite reserved in that way. We're the opposite, you know. I, I'll see the lads every morning. They're coming down, give me a big hug. Give me a big hug. Give me a kiss. Give me a hug. You know, Max is, Max is 12. He's still into it. And Josh sometimes can be a bit reserved and I'll get a bit of a hug. But then I'll go, no, a proper one. If we're getting a hug, I want a proper hug because I love hugs. You know, I'll hug people in the street. I, it feels good. I get, I get a lot. I get a lot. Not, not just by, passers by that I don't, <laughs> that I don't know. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Give us a hug. Yeah. <laughs> so we are a very close family, and we also do quite a bit together. As in, literally, you know, the boys have stuff on, and we'll always be there supporting them. Whereas back in when I was when I was at home. Uh, my dad was working, my mum was working. You know, if I, if, I think my mum and dad possibly came to see me play rugby once, and I played rugby at quite a decent level for a long time. And if I, you know, from where I lived, I would get, uh, so for example, Ramsbottom, 
I would get the bus from Ramsbottom to Bury, the train from Bury to Whitefield, walk for 45 minutes to get to training, and then hopefully get a lift back. It's the complete opposite. You know, we are like logistical show, you know, getting the kids stuff. We're in it. We're, we're all part of that. Whereas I grew up and it was like, well, you're doing your thing, go and do your thing. It, it's completely different. You know, the family was there, but the way that we live is very close and super integrated, you know. So, but yeah, I accept, I accept shit can go wrong. You know, you've got four people in the family and we all have different days and one can be having an off day and something can flare up and, and sometimes it can come together and maybe like a bomb goes off, you know, and it, I just hope that when it does, we all realize what's going on and we try and calm it down and step away from it or view it and, and put it to bed as soon as, as, as soon as you can. I, I, I hate the fact if something flares up and then everybody goes to bed at night on a bad footing, because I always think, well, we need to sort it because what happens if none of us get up tomorrow? And see each other again, which sounds which can sound a bigger, bigger screen, a bigger extreme. The biggest thing that I worry about is being a hypocrite, uh, because you're bringing your kids up and you're saying, based on my learnings in life, you know, and and you're going, well, think about this and think about this, or don't do that and don't do that, and then I tell them that, and then I go and do it myself. But I also accept none of us are perfect, and we're all doing the best we can with what we've got. So I won't say I worry about it because I, I, the way I look at things as well is today's today and I'll get some shit right and I'll get some stuff wrong. But as long as if there's stuff that goes wrong, I just, I don't keep doing it, you know? And yeah, I like and we talk a lot. We do talk a lot. I didn't tell my own parents much and they probably didn't tell me much. And we definitely didn't have quite, you know, emotional conversations or personal conversations some of the stuff max tells me blows my mind i'm like i wouldn't be having a conversation with my mum and dad at the age in my 20s about that so times have changed you know the eras have changed but what went on in that era back then was relative to that era and you know and like it is now you know but i don't necessarily i don't think i, I worry about it a lot i just gotta get on with it and learn from it See, I, I think it's really interesting. You, a couple of things you mentioned there is that that generational gap is, is, is a different way of parenting now. Massively, it? hugely. It, it's completely different. You know, so there's like things you talk about and the things you do with with your family. And I don't want to be. I don't. I don't want this to be a controversial statement. It's not. I just think sometimes it's harder now to be a parent than it used to be. You know, so the the example of you'd come home from work and you tease on the table. We know that's in the past now. That doesn't work anymore, you know, because with equality, you know, you know, men and women work and that's, you know, that's it. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But the expectation on, on, on parents now is different, particularly dads, because similar to yourself, Dave, I didn't have that blueprint to go off. I didn't have a, a model to work on, you know. So what do dads actually do? Well, they didn't, you know, take daughters to dancing competitions or go to football and rugby tournaments and give their entire weekend up for the children. And then as soon as they come home from work, they've got to do stuff with the kids. My parents didn't do that with me. Now, that's generational. Maybe it's because, you know, because of our background, the expectation wasn't there. You know, so if we wanted to do something for ourselves, I went to, I went on a school, not a school trip, a boys brigade trip. And I had to take myself to the bus station 
then to the coach station, then to where we were going. I think I did that all on my own. If my kids now, even as like late teens or early twenties, say, you know, I'm I'm just off somewhere. So right, what time are you going? Right, I'll finish my meetings early. I'll get you in the car. I'll take you to the train station. You know, we we spent our weekends every weekend. Nikki and I would spend our weekends doing you know our own version of Uber. You know, Nikki be like working out dancing competitions where that would go. How much money she was spending on you know on dancing fees and you know clothes and stuff like that. I was working out how to get Brandon to like a chess tournament somewhere else or whatever. Thinking there's no way my parents would have done this with me. It just couldn't. It couldn't have logistically happened. And I'm not sure if they they cared as much. You know, Dave, you were talking about you know your you know our experience of playing rugby. You know, if if I I, I would have been mortified. If I if I actually did something well as a kid, because I was pretty crap at everything, to be honest with you. But if I'd done anything well as a kid and my parents didn't come to watch me, I would have been mortified. But there's no expectation, though. I think it, I, I agree. I think it's a time thing as well, you know, because I guess you could say, well, you make, if you want to do something, you make time for it. But, you know, my dad grafted his nuts off, you know. He was always grafting. My mum worked and there was, you know, there was support that was around it. And maybe the world back then felt a bit safer to what it is now. So me getting on a bus and going to the interchange back then, it's all right. Now I'm thinking, what's happening on that interchange, you know, from a, from a, from a safety perspective? And also logistics, things were possibly more local. You know, I might have, gone to, I might have got down to Whitefield and then I played, I played rugby within the region. You know, my lads can be going as far as Carlisle and Newcastle or as far as, as Birmingham, you know. So it, it's it's opened up. And when we talk about, that's the relativity of it all, isn't it, as to what it was like then and what it's like now and how, and how it has changed. And also, back then, there was less, I guess, less... We've got more things to aid us in what we need to do, even down to using a Google map back to a, you know, a printed map or an app to connect and have conversations or, or various apps to have conversations or groups to basically enable you to do what you need to do down to a landline telephone and a call box in the street. It has changed. And with that, having less back then presented the logistical items around that, which may be less to think about, but didn't enable you to do as much. And now there's a shitload more to think about which enables you to do as much. So it's it's significantly different. And I bet if you looked at your grandparents in their time, completely different again. The old coming out of the war, the stiff upper lip British mentality. There's three massively, massively different times in life there. So I think some really good points there about not just technology, but you know the resources that we've got available. So in some respects, it's a lot easier. In fact, it is a lot easier to do pretty much everything now. It's just so much easier. Life is, it is like you're living in heaven most of the time. And I suppose the thing I want to think about is that level of expectation on ourselves as a parent now. You know, so I, I think about when my dad, my dad was an HGV driver, you know, he could be away for days at a time. And when he'd come home, he'd then go to a club with his mates yeah yeah <laughs> the first thing wasn't how's you know how how are the kids how's gene it'll be right what times what times darts start or what you yes. know when's mm-hmm. the, when's the snooker start or when's bowling yeah. on yeah you know and not for a second did i think he was a bad parent 
not, no. in, not in the slightest bit. And if I wanted to no. see my dad, I would have to go to the club to see him. <laughs> or in the, in the school holidays, I would be in his rig with him when he was driving down south. Yeah, that's, that's when we saw yeah. each other. Yeah, Did you have yeah. that same experience, Phil? Yeah, yeah. My dad was a truck driver as well, and that was dead, dead similar. He'd either be doing you know shifts where he was away, or you know night work. You know, so it kind of made that availability sort of non-existent, really, or not not. And I think that really did change or set the seeds of our relationship, really, because you just, I suppose, in the same way, you just didn't see them in the in the same way. That you'd see your mum. Mum was there's, always there's there. There's a detachment, you know, and... isn't there? There's a detachment. Yeah, and it's really interesting. All of us have had. What it's quite nice to know is that you're not the only person that that's experienced that. You know, it it, it does seem if us three have all had that similar kind of thing, and and maybe our one listener might might be able to throw their um and thoughts into the ring, and and but you know it. I think that and that availability, the type of work, actually, yeah, I think that's a, it's a really good point, isn't it? Yeah. The type of work that our parents did was hard work, would keep them away. And you know, the same for my dad, you know, he'd be like, you know, he'd come home in the evening, he'd probably go to the pub to see his mates and, 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 and he'd certainly be there at the weekend and, and probably after being on the road, 24-7 in the evening, all that kind of stuff. Probably that's all he wanted to do. He didn't want to sort of muck around with, with the kids or didn't have the energy for it. Just wanted to let off steam and go and have a laugh, you know. Do you remember the, ult- the ultimate line? What was the line, Dave? Just you wait till your dad gets home. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. it would yes. Absolute oh, yeah. fear. I'm done. All right, mum. No props. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> it was a yeah a proper proper line that one, and you just you just knew you if you didn't toe the line at that point, you really were going to get it. But obviously, it's ideal because by the time Dad had got back, it'd be hours later, and you got got yourself you know back in the good books, and 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 you know all bets were off. But again, I suppose what I'm saying is like the contrast to you know now. Be especially with COVID and stuff like that, just being being be post pandemic, being more flexible with our working relationship or our relationship with work and being more available at home. Like I say, I just back to the original point, how you know, how our relationships with our kids kind of different. And do we think about those relationships with, with, with our, our kids and what do we want to be perceived as? You know, I think Barring the odd stupid flare-up, I'm sort of pretty much where I want to be as a parent. I'm not going to win any awards for it. I don't want any awards. You know, I just want a laugh and a smile and a hug. And, you know, my relationship with Daisy is funny because we're like, we're, she's a joker and she always has been. And I'm a bit of a joker. So we just always sort of, yeah, this is just so, so this is so ridiculous. But here's an example of me and Daisy's sort of banter. We decided a couple of months ago. Our older dog, uh, Scamp, who's a fourteen-year-old border terrier, <laughs> we decided that 
the, the dog no, no longer identified it as, as a dog. No way. Uh, it was now identifying as a cat. <laughs> and not only that, it was she was identifying as a Scottish cat. So, like, Daisy will come in the room in the morning and, and just get put on the Scottish cat's voice. Oh, where's my haggis? Uh, apologies to any anyone, everyone that we've probably just offended by, by that. But it just... Dreadful accent. But that Dreadful. goes... Oh, well, it's not me. It's me doing Daisy doing, obviously. <laughs> but oh, that joke and that sort of thing i mean it's going, been going on for months but it's just brilliant in terms of that connection you know and and share, share loads of stuff like that that will just just be little things between me and her and and we rub up against each other quite a lot but i know fundamentally she is happy with me as a parent mm. i think that's brilliant you can feel that, can't you, sometimes? Yeah, I ain't going to win any awards for it. Well, that's the ultimate award. That's the ultimate thing, isn't it? You know, from yeah. your kids' perspectives, yeah. you just want them to be happy and just en- enjoy the life, you know, and make the most of their opportunities that they've got. When they come up against stuff, you know, support them through it. And that's it, isn't it? I mean, what, what, else, what else do you need? Yeah. It, it's just it's yeah, as simple as that. That's good. Me. And I, I suppose... Where we started there was, you know, do we worry that we're good parents? And, you know, a lot of, lot of therapists are in business because they're undoing the shit that people have gone through because they've had a relationship with the parents, yeah. that they, you know, which has impacted on them. A lot of people I speak with do, do worry about how do they compare to other parents. You know, you see people going on Facebook and Instagram going, oh, great week away with the kids doing this. You're thinking, really? You weren't ripping each other's? You know, ripping into yeah. each other and like falling out with each yeah. other for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Had a great argument at the beach. <laughs> Hashtag quarrel. Yeah. Kicked <laughs> off in the restaurant. Can't believe Joey did this, the little shit. It, they're never going to say it. They're never going to say it. Yeah. Everything's always no, awesome. No, Do you know no. what I mean? I, I look at that. I look at stuff and just go, there is no way that it's as pure as that. It can't be. <laughs> it cannot be like yeah. that. Is, is a photograph of my destroyed um, waffles, pancakes, or pizzas because I kicked off. <laughs> In the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but there is that. Hashtag. There is, there's, so there's that comparison of, am I a good parent? Because everybody else is like looking like they're the best parents in the world. You know, I've, you know, I, I lost my shit once and I, I feel terrible. I need 10 years of therapy to get over a, a five minute outburst. I think there's more to it than that. I think, you know, you, you've both quite rightly identified that it was a lot harder for our parents. They had to graft, you know, particularly dads had to graft. And mum had to work two jobs and cook and clean and bring a family up as well. So really, life's a piece of piss for us. But we do still, I certainly do, still worry about, I was a bit of a date there with my, with my son, or I should have been a bit more present with my daughter when she was telling me that, or I should have listened a bit more carefully. But... Part of that is a forgiveness, you know, there's a self-forgiveness going, well, nobody taught me how to listen as a parent. Nobody taught me how to be in tune with what my children are saying. You know, so there's things, there's things like that. When, I, when I'm speaking with other guys, they, they really worry about the impact they're having on their children. You know, are they going to turn into psychopaths or murderers because of this one time that I swore in front of them, for example? I always used to think, you know, when you, when you see kids sometimes, when you see kids sometimes, I always used to think that, 
if they were behaving out of sorts, you'd think, oh, it's been the way they've been brought up and it's the fault of the parents. But it's not because I know people whose kids or that have had children and have gone on to do that, you know, strayed off the path. And the parents have done everything they possibly can do to, you know, to steer them on that. You know, there's, there's only so much you can do. At some point, they're going to go and do what they're going to do the way. You've got to let them off the leads, you know. Andy, I'll ne- you know, I remember speaking maybe a year or two years ago and and you were having a conversation with Brandon and Brandon had gone off and he's doing that. You were like going, have you, you know, I can't believe you're doing what you're doing. How have you done this? And he turned around and said, because you've allowed me to do it, Dad. You know, you've allowed me to go and do this. You know, you've supported him, but at some point you've just got to go, do you know what, guys? You're gonna have to some you're gonna have to go and do it under your own steam. I'll always be here, but you're gonna have to work it out yourself. And I think I think that's key that you could be there doing they could be 40 or 50 year olds still at home and you're still making it, you know, what's the right way to, what's the right way to do that? I think you've got to you support them and at some point, go and do it, guys. Go and do it. Yeah. It's a good point. I think it's that. Thanks for reminding me of that. There is a, a realisation that we, we need to understand what our roles are as parents. A lot of people are looking at, I need to be the best dad, the best husband, the best professional, the best at whatever I do. And really, we just need to give ourselves a bit of a break because for me, what, what being a parent is, is that, is just knowing when to let them do their own thing to make their own mistakes and forgive yourself when you didn't get it completely right. Because we've got nothing really to compare to, and we shouldn't compare ourselves to anyone else for that matter. And I've, I've had to have some serious conversations with with my children in the past, and not that they're in trouble, but I'm in trouble. You know that I'm asking you to, you know, to to understand that whilst I'm still your dad, and I still think I'm one of the best humans in the world. Obviously, in my head, I feel like I'm a bit, bit of a dick with you at times. You know, when I was younger, like particularly learning about that time 10 years ago when I was I was there but wasn't, if you know what I mean. I was I was in the house but I was absent all the time. I was never really with them. You know, the, the times that I'd had that breakdown and was on medication and Nikki had to do most of the parenting, I felt so bad about that. And I had to speak with them when they were older and just explain to them, I don't want you to feel as though I'm a bad parent. And neither of them said, never felt it, never knew it, never even noticed it, didn't even care, as long as I could play games, see my mates and have something to eat. I didn't really think about it, to be honest with you, Dad. So that was really nice to hear in some respects. Then I thought, I've just wasted a lot of money on buying dancing costumes and taking you to tournaments up and down the country. I should have just like, made your own way. Joking aside, I think there's, <laughs> it's really, it, this has been really useful for me to just talk it through because, as we said right at the very top of the show there to our, to our one listener, these are things that a lot of guys We'll talk about when you when you get on that subject, but it, it's not spoken openly about. You know, I don't think it's one of those things that people actually talk openly about. You know, am I a good parent? I should have been comparing myself to somebody else, or you know, who's who's the most important customer, if you like? Here, it's obviously our children, isn't it? But we've got nothing to compare to. Dave, I want you to uh, summarize our learning here because you're pretty good at doing that. <laughs> Do what are the lessons that we've learned? that we're going to pass on to our listeners. For the record, we have more than one listener now. We're in uh, several um, several countries around the world for potential sponsors. We do. Can I say a big hello to somebody? Can I say hello to somebody? Go for it, mate. Yeah, oh, you, oh, yes, need, of course. I need to say hello to Jay, Jay Broughton. Jay, next time you're listening, mate, 
awesome. And the fact that you've been working through the back catalogue is incredible. So he's now our number one. He's an additional listener to our one listener and potentially our number one listener. <laughs> the competition is on. I've got the board up and I'm going to put Jay up there as our number one listener. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Thank you, Jay, for listening to us. Thank you, Jay. Yeah, defo. Summary, do you know what? I'll tell you what I'm taking from it, guys. And uh, For me, it's the forgiveness element of it. I think that's a big thing that I also think is a big thing in what we're, you know, what we're talking about there now, but life in general. And we're not perfect. We're always listening, you know, listening. We're always learning, you know, either whether you, no matter what age you are, your mid 40s, 50s, 60s, we're still learning. You know, the world's changing constantly and adapting. You got, you got to learn to adapt to it. You got to forgive yourself and just appreciate that you'll get some shit right and you'll get some shit wrong. It's as simple as that. You know, you, 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 you're looking forward and learning. Like, just keep, again, what did we say last week? Just keep going. Just keep going. You've got to be able to forgive yourself. You do. Because the majority of us aren't bad people, are we? we? We're decent people and we're all just trying to do the best with what we've got. Love it. Thank you. Brain thoughts, Phil? Yeah. Yeah. That, wow, just, just as Dave said there, actually, the forgiveness, you know, forgiving yourself, you know, when you messed up and, you know, you can't hang, hang on to that forever. You can learn from it and make sure that that doesn't happen, you know, again. And then forgiveness for just the strains on relationships in the past with parents. And, and, and you know, I'm, I, I was trying to find it. I, I had, um, I went through a really bad patch with my dad a couple of years ago, actually. We just don't know. I don't know what it was. We, we just, we just sort of, fell out a bit N nothing was ever like talked about but the, we just we just the relationship just seemed to clam up and we went to a family do uh, down in north ants a couple of years ago and me sophie and daisy went and we had a lovely night you know and mum and dad were there and then it was a sort of extended family from far-flung corners of the world and what have you and um, I just got this text message from my dad the next day. I was just trying to scroll through, through and see if I could find it, but I, I can't. It's there somewhere. But the text that we got from my dad the, the night after was, was just like encapsulate. I'm not going to, you know, but it just encapsulates everything, you know, all, all the times that I thought our relationship was, was strained. You know, he, he, he cared deeply, you know. And and he was really appreciative of it. Just it it took me aback, took me by surprise, given that my dad's quite quiet and never forthcoming with his emotions. And obviously, on getting that, and we had a great night at this do anyway. It just it just reset everything and it put a lot of stuff into perspective as well. And. Yeah, I just hold on to that sort of the sentiment in that that message that you know we could have we could have never you know could have just never sent me that text message. So I, from my point of view, I I I I don't. Again, my takeaway is never be afraid of being emotional with you. Well, <laughs> emotional in a positive, in a kind of appreciative kind of way you know, with your kids, because 
you know, it's too easy to say nothing and nothing can kind of damage. I, I always want to communicate with Daisy and make sure that she knows, even if I've been a dick, you know, I still love her truly. I love that. I think you've, you've both kind of summed it up perfectly for me. It is, times are definitely changing, and but we, we should always communicate with our children and, you know, just keep those lines of conversation going and be open and honest with them and be emotional if you need to, because I think that teaches them how to be good human beings. And speaking of great human beings, um, I want to say thanks to Nikki as well, my wife, for being there when I was a pretty shit parent, but I've forgiven myself for that. We couldn't have done what we've done without the efforts of her and I know that parenting is often a two-way thing. I wanted to say, you know, just some appreciation for those guys who can't see their own children because they're part of disputes which don't permit them to see their own children, even though they're, you know, they're treated as, as bad people when they certainly not do. So I, I feel like, you know, we're very privileged to have relationships with our children that we can do that. A shout out to, to Nick Thompson, who listens to every show. And I think he's up there with Jay, could be our number one fan. I think he's going to start printing T-shirts with Talking Cod on. <laughs> um, so no doubt he'll be listening to this when he's, when he's hiking somewhere up up on the hills. So thanks for, for the feedback on that, Nick. And back over to you, Dave, to talk us out of the show. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Uh, we'll be back, hopefully, back into some normal frequency coming up, which we'll be back, hopefully, every other week. Uh, but as we always say, guys, if you you know if you like what you're listening to, give us a like, give us a share, give us a sub, uh, and if you want to get in contact with whatever that is, drop us an email at hello at talkingcod.com. Until the next time, boys. <laughs> See you later, nice It's been emotional, Love you guys. It's been a See pleasure, you later, guys. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed us talking cod. Please give us a rating, leave us a review in your podcast app and subscribe now. Quick shout out to the guys at DapDip Productions, the folks pushing the buttons behind the scenes. Check them out at dapdip.co.uk. And thanks to Rubber Bear for our theme tune elements. Find the band on Spotify and SoundCloud. We'll see you next time for more Talking Code.